Welcome to Holy Trinity Catholic Church from Beaverton, Oregon. Good morning, everybody. Gosh, it's been a long time since I've been up here with you, so good to be back. Uh, I want to say, first of all, thank you for keeping Father Bill and Father Anthony in line while I was gone. I talked to Pope Francis, and uh, he agrees. You all get a plenary indulgence, so you have that going for you. <laughs> so as most of you know, Teresa and I were away uh, uh, on our trip in Italy, and uh, it was really a wonderful trip, you guys. I would go back in a heartbeat, but we met truly wonderful people while we were there. We, uh, the Italians in general, actually, were just so warm and welcoming. We had good food. We saw these amazing, amazing works of art and architecture. By the end, I don't think we could have taken in another church or sculpture or fresco. We were on sensory overload. But you know what I found most moving, and I think Teresa would agree with me, <laughs> was praying in these places where the faith was ancient and broad and deep. So for example, St. Peter's Square, standing there in the middle of the square, right at that spot where Peter was crucified, praying the Angelus with Pope Francis and with thousands of other Catholics from all over the world, many of them young people, or kneeling five feet away. I could literally almost reach out with my hand and touch the actual sarcophagus of St. Paul himself, or laying my hands, actually do laying my hands on the tomb of St. Lawrence and St. Catherine, or celebrating mass in Florence, the heart of old Florence, in this tiny little 11th century church built by a crusader family, mass in English, full church. It was really, really wonderful. And then finally walking up that long ascent from the train station to the town of Assisi, up on top of the hill there, to the tombs of Francis and Claire. Good stuff and powerful stuff. There was one small thing, and um, this is a small thing, but uh, something I noticed, and it kind of goes to my point, so I'm going to use it. There was also kind of something a little bit, maybe I could say discouraging, and that was this. Even there in Italy, right, a place so important in the history of our faith, even there, it seems, the faith is receding or has receded. So um, this is how I saw it. It was kind of sad, even a little bit um, humorous, to be honest, to hear our tour guides, who were lovely people, smart, intelligent, educated, all of that, good people, but to hear them try and explain these amazing works of religious art or these powerful saints that had changed history, to hear them described in these kind of shallow 21st century politically correct terms, so, as if Michelangelo's major concern were, was the sexuality questions that we struggle with today, right? It's like, really? Or as if what was driving Catherine of Siena and all that she accomplished was a 21st century feminist critique of the patriarchy. It's like, I don't think she really thought about that, right? But it's not that our modern questions are unimportant, but in this place with this amazing, deep, rich religious and cultural heritage, it's as, if, it's as if, at least for many people, the heart of it and the key to really understanding it is missing. So the art, the architecture, the memorials, they're still there. But the faith that gave rise to them is largely gone. And so what you're left with is a shell. And when you try and stuff that shell with our purely secular human categories, it feels kind of incongruous, right? It doesn't fit. And it leaves our hearts a bit cold. Well, friends, in our second reading, St. Paul tells us, Brothers and sisters, I thank God unceasingly that in receiving the word of God from us, you received it not as a human word, 
but as it truly is, the word of God, which is now at work in you. You received it not as a human word, but as it truly is, the word of God, which is now at work in you. In the end, the heart of our faith is not a set of rules about right and wrong. It's not one of the political agendas that dominate our secular world. It's not even first and foremost the church itself with its structures or its culture or its teachings. No, at the heart of our faith is a word, God's word, Jesus, who speaks to us personally through the scriptures and through the sacraments, through our church's tradition and through our own lives. So everything we do as a church is about Jesus, or it ought to be, about helping us to encounter him and to share our hearts with him and to allow him to share his heart with us. And if that's not what we're about, then really we're just doing what those well-meaning but a bit clueless tour guides did, or even what our Pharisees in today's gospel did. We're turning faith into a dead human ritual that's missing its living, beating, divine heart, eviscerating it, turning it into merely human words about Jesus, but never letting it become a conversation with Jesus. We can do that in our own personal lives, can't we? Allow Jesus to be part of our life, but not really the heart of our life. So a question I've been sitting with this week, I've been using it as a personal little examination of conscience. Brett, how often do you take time just to talk to Jesus? Not just say your prayers, not just pray your rosary, not just go to mass, those are all good and important. But when's the last time you've shared your heart with him? Really, just shared your hopes, your fears, the things that delighted you, the things that frightened you? Or a second question I've been asking myself, how often are you really trying to listen to Jesus? Not just saying your prayers, not just reading the gospel, but really listening for his word intentionally, right? Listening at the mass, listening through the course of your day. When's the last time you've let his words bother you or encourage you or call you to conversion? And I have to say, not often enough. You know, friends, in any relationship, it's not enough just to know about the other person. At some point, if it's a real relationship, we need to do the hard work of getting to know the person. And that takes work and patience and a dedicated, committed back and forth, which isn't always easy or fun or interesting, but unless we're willing to talk to the Lord regularly, and unless we're willing to listen and let his word work on us regularly, we'll never put down roots and we'll never learn to see as he does, and we'll never develop the strength and the freedom and the trust to stand when the world's storm winds blow against us. And as you all know right now, those winds are blowing fiercely. The lid is off and they're all around us. And I'm no prophet, but I don't think it takes a prophet to see that we very likely have some hard times ahead. If we're not rooted in the Lord, and in his love for us, if we're not letting his word work on us regularly, then we will get swept up into that storm and perhaps lose ourselves. Jesus didn't come to be a great moral teacher. He didn't come to be an inspiring religious figure. He didn't come to be a prophetic 
social critic. Jesus came for you and for me. He came to save us from ourselves, from a broken world, and from the daunting, divisive, destructive power of evil. So he claimed, he came to claim our hearts. My encouragement to you this week, surrender yours, my friends. Surrender your heart to him. Talk to him this week. Let him talk to you this week. There's nothing more important you can do. Thank you for joining us. You can learn more on our parish website at h-t.org. We hope that you will subscribe to our YouTube channel or try and join us for Mass if you're local. Again, all the information will be on h-t.org.